We all know that performance improves with accountability. And we all know that we need to hold people accountable for going to have a reasonable expectation that we will have consistent performance. But why are some things easy to hold people accountable to and others are quite difficult? Today, I'm going to discuss the number one reason for this. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So imagine I'm going to teach a young person how to cook something like, uh, let's just say something simple like spaghetti sauce. Could be my own child, could be a niece or nephew, doesn't really matter. They get the gist of how spaghetti sauce is made. You know, they know there's meat, maybe hamburger, maybe sausage, maybe both. They understand that there's tomato sauce in spaghetti sauce. And they know there's, there's additional ingredients like onions, garlic, and some seasonings. And they invite me over and they make up a batch of their best sauce for us both to enjoy. I sit down to eat and it's just not that good. Not even by the standards of a 20-something-ish young person making things. It's just not good. And In fact, maybe it's kind of awful. And there's no hiding it. My expression and my unwillingness to take another bite says it all. And the young person asked me, he's like, what, what's wrong with the sauce? To which I respond, you need to make a better sauce. And they look at me, maybe a little perha- uh, puzzled and, and say something like, yeah, I, I got that. But, but what's wrong with it? And I say back, it's not a good sauce. Your sauce needs to be much better. And they say, probably a little more annoyed now, understood. You don't like my sauce. What is it about the sauce you don't like? And I, my reply is, it's just not good. I don't like it. And now they're probably getting a little upset. And they ask, tell me what you don't like. Specifically, what does it need more of or less of to make it a good sauce? And I say, that's probably the worst sauce I've ever had. You should really make some serious improvements before you serve anyone else that kind of spaghetti sauce again. And they say, okay, what should I do differently? And I say, Make better sauce if you expect anyone to like it. Now, how do you think this exchange will end if I continue stating that I don't want, I don't like the outcome, but not explaining what I would change or how to achieve the outcome that I would want? Probably not very well, right? And why exactly is that? Routinely, people learn to make things better through trial and error. Routinely, people learn by taking advice or following instructions from other people. They take in information they don't want to hear and don't like and overcome that to get better. So what is it about the exchange I detailed that would drive any of us crazy if we were the person who made the spaghetti sauce? Well, of course, it's, it's that we, we want to make a good spaghetti sauce, and we probably made the best one we could. And upon hearing that we didn't make a good sauce, 
we would want to hear from someone who was supposed to be teaching us. Remember, my, the premise was, I'm going to teach them how to make good spaghetti sauce. They would want to hear from somebody who's supposed to teach them exactly how to make it better, not just hearing that it sucks over and over again. We would want to know exactly what action to take to make the sauce better. So what the heck does uh, spaghetti sauce have to do with holding people accountable, Brian? Well, there are two things we try to hold our employees accountable to. One is usually successful and and generally doesn't cause a lot of, of frustration. It's not always simple, but it's it's generally successful and usually there's not a lot of grief. The other one is sometimes successful, but when it goes wrong, there's a lot of grief. There's a lot of frustration and people get pissed. <laughs> so we can either try to hold people accountable to specific measurable actions or we can try to hold them accountable to nebulous, generic ideas. One works consistently and highlights where a failure happens when the desired outcome is not reached. You realize you put in a full cup of garlic instead of an eighth of a cup of garlic that the recipe calls for when you taste your spaghetti sauce. Like, holy smokes, this is awful. What I do wrong? Oh, this is what I did wrong. Here's how I'm going to fix it next time. Or you deviate from the price book when giving a quote to a for a service to a customer and you lose money in the job. Oh, well, I deviated from the price book. I won't do that again. The other one kind of, sort of, sometimes works if we get lucky and it's based on a whole bunch of assumptions like, what is good spaghetti sauce anyway? Do both parties understand and agree upon how spicy or flavorful a particular sauce should be? What's more important, the quality of the sauce or the speed in which one can make it? Have we factored that in? I once had a boss who loved to walk in and demand excellence and would tantrum and shout and threaten jobs whenever he didn't feel like that was happening. You know what we never discussed during those fits? What exactly does excellence mean as it applies to fixing customers' specific problems in that industry? For example, if his employees were carpet cleaners, which they weren't, but in this example, if they were, what is excellence as it pertains to the task of cleaning carpets? Just like my young friend has the gist of the components of spaghetti sauce, carpet cleaners probably basically have a good understanding of what a quote-unquote good carpet cleaning job looks like. But when improvements need to be made, just shouting that better carpet cleaning jobs need to happen or that we need to have more excellence doesn't do anything except for frustrate the crap out of everyone involved. Other things that were never discussed in our conversations about quote-unquote excellence, what is the current process? What is the desired outcome? How often should we achieve that desired outcome outcome to qualify as being quote-unquote excellent? Do we think the current process is likely to achieve the desired outcome at the frequency we would like? That was never discussed. What are other specific actions we could take to improve our chances of achieving the desired outcome? Again, never came up. What measurements can we reliably use to tell us if we're on track or not? Other than customer complaints and those kinds of things. What actions are the most vital to achieving the outcome we wanted? And if we had an idea about how to improve the process, what are we supposed to do with it? Are we supposed to just implement and try on our own and see how it works out? Are we supposed to run it by Mr. Excellence-in-Chief and see what he thinks first? We're supposed to keep the idea to ourselves, just shut up and do what we're told. 
that never came up. So this is one of the most common areas where leaders struggle. We don't want to micromanage. We don't want to talk down to people and explain things that they obviously know. Like you got to put uh, tomato sauce in spaghetti, stupid. Like we don't want to come across like that. And sometimes we don't even know how to fix the sauce. You know, it's missing something. I don't know what. It definitely needs something or has too much something, but can't really put my finger on it. So we got to train ourselves to stop trying to hold people accountable to ideas when we need performance improvements to be made. We can only hold people accountable to defined actions. Now, let's talk about defined actions for a minute. What is a defined action? Now, I'm. this is my term. This is not a, a term that I've read in any book. This is not like most things I talk about. This is something that I've you know, developed with other people I've worked with, great mentors and things like that. This, there's no book on defined action. So uh, I'm mean, really clear about that. But in my world, a defined action is really easy to spot. When describing a defined action, you must have a noun, a verb, and a time frame. For instance, all technicians will complete their estimates before they leave the job site. Not, we need to get our estimates done on time. Very clear difference there. Another example would be CSRs will use a call taking script on every inbound call. CSR is the noun. Use the call taking script as the verb on every inbound call is the time frame. Not, we need to do a better job of using our scripts. So if we're going to say things like we need to increase blank or we need to decrease the frequency of this, we just need to know in advance that we're not likely to be really be solving our problem. We're probably saying the sauce sucks. Your sauce needs to be better. And we're creating frustra- uh, frustration amongst the people who are the most interested in actually solving our problem. Now, what do I mean by that? If our young person in my spaghetti sauce example didn't really care about making good spaghetti sauce, they wouldn't care that he didn't like it. If they do care about making a good sauce, and I won't tell them exactly how I think they can, and I just keep saying over and over and over again, you need to make better sauce, they're going to become incredibly frustrated. So if your employees want to do a great job at cleaning carpets and you won't tell them how they can and only tell them that they're failing or need to do better job of better customer service or we need to do you know, better this or less of that, the good ones are going to be the ones that get the most frustrated. Uh, let me take a quick moment here and tell you some good news. Uh, we're talking about bad news now. Let's, let's skip to some good news. My website's been uh, recently updated. Uh, it tells you about all the services I provide, gives you some great free resources as well. Check it out at uh, serviceindustrysuccess.com. Again, serviceindustrysuccess.com. Go there. It tells you about uh, the course I've been talking about for the last few weeks, uh, one-on-one group coaching I do. Uh, and again, there's some ton, uh, tons of free resources there as well. So uh, go check out serviceindustrysuccess.com. So back to our, our topic today. We have to recognize as business owners and leaders and managers, we have to recognize that it's not our level of anxiety and frustration or even exasperation that determines our ability to hold people accountable. You could really want a kick-ass spaghetti sauce. And just wanting that isn't going to make it happen. You have to be able to tell people how to do it. We can only hold them accountable to define actions in cases where we want improvement. So if we hire somebody who has 20 years of experience, we say, we really value great customer service. If that works from the gate, then awesome. Like from from day one, if they just go out there and just nail it, awesome. 
there, there's not a lot more for, for us to do in that case, maybe. I would want to have procedures and an understanding and processes and things like that to, to see, well, why is it working? Why is Johnny doing such a great job? So we can do that every time. And we can teach other people who don't have Johnny's skills how to do it. But if you don't want to do that and you hire somebody and they have all these skills and you say, we really value customer service and he just nails it from day one, awesome. You may not have to worry about this stuff. However, if we want a change to happen, if we want an improvement to take place, if we want less of this or more of that, we can't just keep saying we want better sauce. We can't just keep saying the same thing over and over again. Uh, Things like we want fewer warranty calls or we want more ad line sales. We want more revenue, higher conversions, better customer service. Those things are not going to necessarily work because we can't hold somebody accountable to it. We can't expect people to, to know what good sauce is. Like, what's our definition of good sauce? What's our definition of more ad line sales? What's our definition of better customer service? We can't hold people accountable to these definitions if we want improvement, if we want change. We can if we hire them and we get lucky and, and it's great from day one, then awesome. But instead of saying those things, we have to say things like, we're going to use an eighth of a cup of garlic instead of a full cup when we make our spaghetti sauce because it tasted really bad when we used a full cup of garlic. <laughs> we're going to follow our final job walkthrough checklist on every single call because if we don't, we'll take a chance of forgetting something that could lead to the customer being unhappy. And that's our definition of, of you know customer service, for example. We're going to offer our maintenance product using the proven script that we've developed on every single call rather than saying we want to increase the, the sales of our maintenance product. We're going to make 10 calls per day to follow up on estimates that haven't closed yet rather than saying we want to have more revenue and so on. We, if we're going to have a, a reasonable expectation that people are going to do things, we have to agree upon what specific actions are going to happen, not agree only upon the outcome, or in some cases, many cases, not even have agreement on that. Like again, what's good spaghetti sauce? What's good customer service? What's more revenue? What do those things mean? Their idea of more revenue in mind could be the same, but it's also very likely they, they're not the same. And so we don't even have an a, a agreed upon goal in some cases. Like we don't even know we're making spaghetti sauce. I want sauce. <laughs> That's, you know, sometimes things get so vague because we have all these assumptions. We're trying not to micromanage. We're trying not to, to come across in a condescending way. And sometimes we just don't know. So we just have to stop ourselves in those moments when we want improvements. Again, when we're really clear here, I'm talking about times we want improvement. We want less of this or more of that. In those cases, or we want better, you know, better is another, a good one. We want better customer service. We want more reviews. You know, what does more reviews mean? One more, seven more, 432 more, 500 a month. Like the less, the less we clarify that stuff that we just have to understand the less likely we're going to get compliance. We're going to get people to buy in. If they don't understand what we're trying to do, they're just not going to do it. I'm sorry. They're not. They're going to get frustrated because you just keep screaming more sauce or better sauce. They're going to get frustrated. And the ones who are going to get frustrated are the ones who care the most. So we have to be really clear on this stuff. We want improvements. We have to say step, step by step, sometimes very specifically, what is going to get us there? Uh, again, going back to my list of things that, that never came up in our conversations about excellence, 
This is a great list to start with. This is not an all-inclusive list, but it's a great list to start with. What is the current process? What is the desired outcome? How often should that desired outcome be achieved to qualify as quote-unquote being excellent? Do we think, when I say we, I mean all of us, not just the business owner, not just the manager. Do we all think, like the people doing the job, do they think the current process is the one that's going to get them to the desired outcome at the frequency we said we want? Have we asked them? Have we asked them what other specific actions could we take to improve our chances of reaching the desired outcome? What measurements are we going to use? KPIs. You've heard the term KPI before. That's exactly where this comes in. Which actions are the most vital to achieving the outcome we wanted? And if they have an idea about how to make improvements to the process, what are they supposed to do with it? Do we want them to try it? Do we not want them to try it? Do we want them to run it by us first? Do we want them to just keep it to themselves? These are things that if we want to have people buy into things that they have to have clarity on. So this is one of the most important or most common areas people struggle with. We get wildly frustrated because they they want the idea done and they don't they don't understand that it's hard. You can't hold people accountable to, to an idea. You have to hold them accountable to actions, which means you have to define them and agree upon them. Agree upon means you could tell them this is the way it is when you work here. That's that's an agreement. I, you know, again, there's times where that's appropriate. There's also times where it's like we got to get their buy-in. We got to we have to help them have them help us make the improvements. And uh, you know, we got to be clear on that stuff. So um that's it for the topic this week. Again, real, real easy. A defined action is a noun, a verb, and a time frame. If it's not that and you're trying to hold people accountable, just understand your chances of success are going to go way down. They're going to go down dramatically. If you want to have the ability to hold people accountable, you have to focus on action, defined actions, which is a noun, verb, and a time frame. Um, all right, so don't forget to check out the new website, serviceindustrysuccess.com. Really happy with how that looks. Uh, tons of new uh, things coming out all the time. Some great resources on there for you that are free. Um, also, uh, the course I've been talking about, that's on, ready to go now. So if you're interested in that, uh, I'm really excited about that. Taking all the best things from the, the coaching, the, the ongoing coaching I'm doing and uh, put it into a 90-day course. Like it's, it's fast. It's not a big time commitment. I'm really excited about that. Anyhow, all on the new website. If you haven't had a chance yet, please share this podcast with a friend or colleague who's a business owner in the service industry. You know somebody who's an auto, uh, auto repair shop owner. Yeah, you know, hey, uh, take a listen to this thing here. Put on, put it on. Uh, if you have friends who are struggling with things like processes and profitability and people issues, that's kind of what we focus on here: is planning, people, processes, profitability. That's kind of the stuff we focus on. Um, if you haven't had a chance yet, give us a rating review. I really appreciate that. And uh, that's it for this week. Hope you guys have a great week. I'll see you all next week.